0: you are tuning into the lehigh low ego high impact mindset podcast i'm your host volkan emre along with a dynamic team of kellogg school of management alums we are here on a shared mission to uncover the mindset that drives impact and success On Lehigh, we have talk-provoking conversations with incredibly successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investors from around the globe. We uncover the mindset that drives them, allowing them to make a high impact without losing themselves to ego. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Today, we are hosting Linda McLachlan, the founder and current board chairperson of Entera, a Chicago-based leading cybersecurity and IT managed services company. Linda is also the co-founder and CEO of Forcheck, a cybersecurity startup. We are recording this podcast in Allen Center at Northwestern University's campus in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, Thank you very much, Linda, for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Volkan. It's a pleasure.
0: So I I have some warm-up questions to get to know you a little bit better. I will ask some rapid-fire questions to get us all warmed up. Are you ready?
1: (laughs) Fire away.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What is the first app you open?
1: Oh, I'd have to say my calendar. I wouldn't know what to do otherwise.
0: Okay, may I ask like which calendar app you are using?
1: Microsoft Outlook.
0: Okay. And
1: it integrates with our family calendar and my daughter's softball calendar and our scouting calendar and every other calendar out there, yeah. It
0: seems that you live on calendars, right? (laughs) I live
1: on calendars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what is the book you are currently reading?
1: Oh, I'm almost finished with it. Uh, Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, I Cannot Give It Enough Stars. I (laughs) wish I would have read it decades ago.
0: So, um, and what is your next vacation trip planned or desired?
1: Ah, uh, so we are big skiers in our family and, uh, we're going out to Telluride, Colorado in about another month. Uh, I'm going to really looking forward to that. It's an annual trip for us.
0: That's wonderful. So, and could you share some like favorite pastimes?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'd have to go through everyone in our family because what I truly love doing when I'm not working is just spending, especially one-on-one time with everybody uh, in my in my family. And uh, my husband is an amazing. Uh, curator of music. And so he is always finding new artists to listen to. And otherwise, I would listen to the same 10 songs. But (laughs) I love just hanging out and listening to music with him. And he's introducing me to a new genre or new. So so that's just fun, something we share. Uh, My daughter, Jenna is a huge, uh, uh, serious softball player. And so I just love watching her play and watching her get in the zone and talking about the games to and from and it's really fun. And then my other daughter, Tara, is um a bit of a of i I say geek with a lot of love but she is uh loving pokemon tournaments so we've been traveling all over the country as she competes at these and it's a lot of fun
0: (laughs) wow then both of your daughters are very um they like they, learn, they like the challenge then, right? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Competitive. After it. Yep. They yep. have
0: competitive nature. <laughs> yeah, great. So tell us about Entera. I think you founded the company in 2001. Uh, what motivated you to start?
1: Oh gosh, uh, if I can think back that far, uh, that was a lot mm-hmm. of. Uh, it, it's over 21 years old, so I say that now my company is allowed to drink. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I had left Accenture. And I owe so much to Accenture. It was a fabulous place to get my roots, to understand the the importance of client service, to understand methodology and structure, um, and met so many great people when I was there. Uh, That said, I just was itching uh, to do my own thing. I've I've always been that way. I don't think you decide to be an entrepreneur. I think you sort of are one. And uh, it was one of those things where I left, And I wanted to be on my own building something on my own. However, uh, I started kind of an intermediary step out of my basement uh, doing staffing and continuing to work with Accenture actually as my first client. And then I went to Kellogg and it was really at Kellogg where I started understanding the the lure of building a company, really building a company. And uh, it's, I mean, I owe it to Kellogg because that's where I started it. And um, it was really founded to help the then emerging industry or sub-industry of electronic trading firms and delivering super high quality, high response services to those firms.
0: And fascinating. And you came from computer science background, right? Am I correct?
1: Yes, yes. Prior L- to Kilo- Right, I am uh, a geek myself and mm-hmm. um, love technology and the power of it. Um, and the fact that unlike people, it does exactly what it's told. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, marrying that technical background with my business uh, love for business and desire to mm-hmm. to learn more at Kellogg, I think putting those two things together made that possible.
0: Fantastic. and. After almost two decades, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you um, founded 4 a newer company. Yes. Um, can you tell us about 4
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll say that it started not as a company, but as a product that we needed at Intera in order to deliver our services. You know, we were doing a lot of breach remediation and it was still are. We're doing, actually, today we're working on a very big breach. Um, and it's a weekend. Uh, but, uh, but, but, yeah, so, so this idea for this platform came out of the actual work that we're doing. And we started looking for a product and couldn't find one that did what 4Check does. So we built it for ourselves. And, uh, I spun it out in uh, December of of 22, uh, so just you know, recently, and uh, believe that it has legs for a much larger market.
0: So great, and it is really it's based on the actual client needs um, that you had exactly at, at Antera. exactly. So, where are each of your companies in their growth stages right now?
1: I always love how we always talk about growth stages and not uh, shrinking phases, because I, <laughs> I think yeah. every company, if we're honest, it's it's, it's a hilly journey for sure. Uh, but in Terra, luckily, we are truly in a growth stage. We have been growing 30% year over year for the past three years, which uh, we're kind of... You know, you can write that down and it maybe doesn't look impressive, but it feels impressive when you're in the middle of it because it's just like you keep thinking it's going to calm down and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Um, But it's been wonderful. And uh, I have our phenomenal leadership team to thank for that. Um, The growth, actually, that we've been experiencing has been uh, when I have stepped away Mm -hmm. And the leaders that I have put in place are so exceptional, and it—I mean—it's a testament to them, um, for sure. Uh, so, so yeah, we're in a growth stage, and uh, I would even say I could see how this even becomes exponential. So it's uh, it's very exciting right now at Intera. We're we're getting pulled into many of the nation's largest cybersecurity breaches, we're doing remediation for those companies, and then we're also assisting them to make sure that doesn't happen again, or to, well, you can't ever do that, but to prevent it um, in the best way that we can uh, from happening again. And we're also doing a lot of IT and those clients are continuing on with us and we're growing that. So. But I would say at 4Check, we're at the opposite end. 4Check um, is in very, very early stages. Uh, uh, you know, we, are, we have a product, um, we are using the product, we have clients on the product who love it, and um, we have a list a mile long of enhancements that people want, uh, and, and then you map that onto my vision for where the product could go, which includes a lot of automation, and so, We are at an infancy standpoint. Uh, I have personally invested $2 million uh, and counting
0: uh,
1: into the platform. So I would say we're between seed and series A, Uh, but 4Check for sure will be a Uh, you know, to to truly grow, it's going to need funding uh, to do it as quickly as I want to do it. Uh, Whereas in Terra, I've never taken funding. I still own 100 Mm percent of the equity because we it's been grassroots and they're just different business models. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's very impressive. So what are the current top challenges that each of your companies um, are having?
1: Oh boy. Uh, Well, I don't think we have time to go through all of those in our podcast, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd say the top things, um, you know, within Terra, we are moving fast in an industry that's moving fast. Uh, I mean, if you just look at cybersecurity Mm -hmm. and caring for IT, those industries are changing rapidly and there are new tools and new threats and new opportunities all the time. I think- that it it requires smart decision making to do a few things. First of all, we have to be strategic. And I never understood even though I went through Kellogg, you know, the word strategy, it was like, what the heck is strategy? anyway, <laughs> Right? I, um, but I figured out strategy when I started saying no to things I could make money on, right? If I know that in my company I can make money and I'm saying no, I'm confident that I have a North Star. I'm confident I know what I'm doing and I'm after that. And in my mind, that's that's how I know I'm on something. So there are plenty of opportunities. You know, clients are asking us right and left, could you do this for us? Could you do that for us? And I think it takes... Uh, both flexible leadership, as well as um, you know, firm. It's but it's probably like parenting, right? When do you flex and when do you stay firm? To know should we do something or not? Um, and I think that's one of actually our top opportunities right now at Intera, and one of our challenges. Uh, our whole breach remediation business. We started that because it was an opportunity for one project and. We said yes to that and now it has turned into a multi multi multi-million dollar business line uh, so i think it's important to be able to recognize an opportunity and also recognize when something's just making noise
0: and on the entire end like it seems that being oh. able to, yeah, in on the enter end, like it seems that you have like more opportunities, and then your challenge, like, seems, sounds to me that navigating through the opportunities. And yeah. how about on the first uh, four check end? Like, what four what check. are the top uh, yeah. challenges yeah. Yeah. for ForeCheck? Yeah, it's four so check. funny. I
1: put on two such different hats, and especially since we've fun, spun four check out. Mm-hmm. You know, at Intera, you know, we're I mean, we're growing, but at the moment we have 130 people, uh, which is not you know, a fortune 100, but it's certainly more than 10 people. Right. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm the chairperson of the board there. And, you know, it's, it's a, we've got a long list of clients, you know, and then I come out in a forecheck and I put on the hat of, you know, poor, starving uh, kid again, back out on the streets going like, how are we going to ever get this thing to go? And so definitely cash is forefront with me at forecheck mm-hmm. uh, um you know, because every day is out of my pocket. And I had a mark that I wasn't going to spend more than $2 million, And so now we're over that. But it's like, oh, we're so we're So and I don't want to raise money until we're further along. And I can show a definite revenue stream and prove, you know, proving of the product, right? Because I understand that any investor right now would want uh, to, you know, take a larger share because they're taking on more risk and they would be. Um, I like to be a very fair person. So I want to prove it out on my dime a Mm -hmm. little bit more uh, and then go for it.
0: So thank you for sharing. And again, it's actually very unique that you have these two hats simultaneously. I just want to elaborate on that a little bit more and focus on the mindset. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of mindset did you have back when you founded Entera? And has it changed at all as you are recently founded um, a new uh, startup company, check.
1: Oh my gosh, the energy that I had back when I was starting in Terra, but I had... Uh very little wisdom. I had I had academic knowledge and I had been well-trained and well-equipped, but I just didn't have the seasoning and the experience that I have now. So I put those two things together and I, I look back at myself from 21 years ago and I just have to smile and give that girl some, you know, her young woman, you know, huh. some, some love and compassion. But man, I was just after it, right? So the mindset I had back then was there was no way I'm going to fail uh which I still have that mindset. Uh, and one of just such hunger for knowledge for clients for feedback for, uh, you know, for anything I could get my hands on. Um, and, you know, and, and it worked, but I would say I was more about the what can I do that's going to make money and keep this thing afloat and you know, and let's go. Now, my mindset uh, is much more strategic. Um, I'm looking at the opportunity, I'm looking at what's happening in the world, I'm trying to read what's going to happen in the world in a way that I, I didn't do as well 21 years ago, and I'm realizing the importance of connections, the importance of, of you know, timing, of having the right people around you, uh, the right team. I mean, there's just, I could go on and on and on about wisdom that I have gained um but i'd say i'm still that same person where i just never think failure is going to (laughs) happen and Mm -hmm. uh and uh but neither do i think anything comes without a ton of hard work
0: and confidence yeah
1: yeah confidence
0: and um if you were to look back at your careers can you name an example of a sliding doors moment a moment a time when you took a path or made a choice that changed the trajectory of your career. Mm. If you have a moment like that, what was the moment and what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah, there have been many of those. That comes from that subway, that movie about the subway where the doors open and had he gone in the car, that's the next <laughs> car, right? I mean, there, our lives are full of those things. Uh, for me, going to Kellogg was probably the biggest Um Factor in changing what I was doing, Um, you know, and I knew it at the time. I was working out of my basement. I, you know, I I had my own company, kind of, but not really. Uh, I mean, legally, was you know my own company, but it was not a. You know, I didn't have any uh, fixed cost. I didn't have employees. I just had subcontractors, you know. And I think about when I came into Kellogg. just pretty naive about everything that was out there and through the relationships and the coursework and the relationships and the knowledge and the relationships you know i keep going back to the relationships (laughs) like it just um you know it was eye-opening for me and um, I think my classmates actually gave me the confidence to take steps that I might not have otherwise taken. You know, they said, we believe in you. You should go do this. You should. And, um, you know, I needed that.
0: That's great. Are you in touch with your classmates?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. Great. It's a it's for sure a, a lifelong um, you know, or it should be right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I, I was the last class that had Dean Jacobs. Uh, As our dean, that's how old I am, right? (laughs) With all love and respect and honor to to Dean Jacobs. Um, But he came in and he said, all right, here's the deal. Uh, We are giving you cocktails. We're giving you food. We're giving you lunches. We're making the class consistent, and it's going to be the same group for two years. He said, if you get to the other end of this, and you don't have really good relationships with these people, it's your fault, not (laughs) ours. (laughs) And I love that. He's like, make the most of it. And he is so right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. great. So, um, we we have all faced adversity in our professional lives. Can you tell us about a time when you had a personal struggle or challenge that set you back? And how did you overcome
1: it? Oh, there have been many, 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 many setbacks. I would say that the, the one that really sticks out in my mind, and it also makes a great story, is that I was, uh, you know, we were this was back when we had a big office, and uh, we, I was at the top of Lakeshore, coming off of Belmont onto Lakeshore Drive, and I got a phone call. And this was at the start of the 08 recession. And you have to understand that I had built a very profitable company, but we were highly dependent on one client. And in one phone call, by the time I got to Jackson to exit, uh, my company had been 75% uh, slaughtered in one phone call. And, you know, because we had so much business with one client, and they didn't cut everything out, but they were making some significant changes on their end, and the way my business was structured, I didn't have recurring revenue. Um, it was all based on more of a consulting model than now, you know, there have been a lot of changes since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they were perfectly within their right to do that. And it made good business sense for them to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember driving into work on Jackson going, what are we going to do? and decided we were going to sell our way out of it, which was a stupid, stupid decision. Um, and I needed to take a much tougher road. So these are these are just lessons that mm-hmm. you learn along the way.
0: So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, speaking of change, all our industries are changing at what seems like a faster pace than ever before. And what things are you looking for in your industry as the drivers of change? And more broadly, how do you decide what is a possible threat or just noise?
1: That is such a good question, Volkan. I certainly don't have the answers. That goes back a little bit to what I was talking about before about, you know, if somebody says, hey, do you want to do this project and you can make money at doing it? And you, you know, you you say, yeah, I think we should, even though that's not currently in the strategic plan, Um, because things do move quickly. And if you always go back to what the plan is, you know, I don't I think you're going to miss the evolution, which is required of any company. So it takes that ability to be able to look at something and see, you know, take baby steps. I think the thing you don't wanna do is go all in on something just because you think it's gonna be the next greatest thing. Uh, But you know, it's funny you talk about that because we have a very smart guy, Well, we have many smart people in our company, but our um, head of security, uh, Ram is, uh, was the person talking about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, back in January of 2020 and late January and early. And he said, I think this is going to be something. And he would bring it up in every weekly meeting. And I said, "Rom, this stuff comes and goes. I mean, I was I was I, I'm embarrassed about how dismissive I was of that. And of course, you know, COVID happened. So. It was such a good, you know, I actually wrote the word COVID and R O M on a to post-it so that mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it's, it's a good reminder for me to be able to take things in that that I think might be noise, but they're not.
0: So let's talk about COVID a little mm-hmm. bit more then. Sure. What, what else? Like, yes, it was <laughs> a surprise. COVID, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, as I was talking about in that car ride from the 08 recession, I one of the I did a lot of things wrong. But one thing I vowed is okay, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I am never going to make this mistake again. So uh, so if I think about you know what happened at COVID and what happened to me, you know, in, in 08, there were many parallels. But because I had learned from 08, I had built a company now that was recurring revenue to, you know we, we have at least some percentage of our revenue coming in. We were not dependent on one client or even two or even three, right We have're very we have a broad mix of clients. Uh, we um, had multiple business lines. So it was just the, the company that we had evolved to. It, it, we're, we're just so much more stable than we were, and those were lessons I learned. I also think that when something like that happens, there's opportunity, and people look at those kind. You know, whether it's a recession or COVID or a global pandemic, you know, whatever these things are, there's opportunity in between those tea leaves, and we made the most of it. So we started looking for, how is the world going to be changing? What can we do? How can we best help our clients right now? And I think that made a big difference in in the growth that we've experienced since then.
0: So thank you for sharing. Uh, Linda, as a CEO, you have professional and public opportunity to drive social and impactful change. What are you most proud of in what you are doing with the influence and ability to make change that you have today?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I think uh, I know it's a big buzzword these days, but I have always been a proponent of diversity. And by that, I don't mean just racial diversity, although I mean that too, Um In fact, we just were recognized in Channel Futures as being the leading IT managed services firm that is uh, leading diversity. Um, But, you know, diversity goes beyond racial diversity to age diversity, to cultural diversity, to gender diversity. And, excuse me, I just believe in that in this global world that we're living in, um, it is profoundly important to be pulling in different ideas and different perspectives, because if you just have people who are echoing what you think, you're not going to be successful. Um, I think this is also important. You know, one of my, my uh, you know, the, the big towers that I get on is, um, or soapboxes, that's what I'm trying to, you know, one of the big soapboxes that I can get on is uh, for women women's rights and women's um, leadership and truly looking at women as equal leaders to men. And I think there's still uh, an unconscious bias against women, um, and I see it show up time and time again. And I mean, even just personally, uh, you know, even in my town or in my daughter's school, you know, I'm married to to David, who is a lovely and very charming, tall British guy with a lovely British accent. Um, and if the two of us walk in a room and you say one of them is a CEO, 99% of the population would say it's David, right? And so it's not being seen as, you know, I'm a short woman and uh and so it's surprising, you know. I actually had somebody say to me one time when he met me, he's like, "Oh, I thought you'd be taller." I mean, there's so much unconscious bias in our society, and I, I want us to get to the point where we are recognizing that every single person is capable of leadership in in some way.
0: Wow! Thank you very much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that like what advice do you have for future CEOs, CTOs, CMOs, COOs and or mm. board members currently in training
1: well uh yeah <laughs> I have a long, long list of advice that hopefully I'm passing on to my daughters, but probably like me, would go in one ear and out the other at a a younger age. And then you realize, oh, that was that was really good. Um, The first thing I will say is be absolutely maniacal about your ethics. Uh, I. I mean, I happen to be a faith-based person. And so it's important to me on many levels that I do the honorable thing, that I treat people well, and I, um, you know, uh, you know, for for all those reasons. But just from a business perspective, I mean, forgetting morality, but the importance of business ethics, especially in our current time, I think you have to assume that every decision you make... Every sentence you utter, every uh, just, you know, everything that you're doing is going to be public, and I think um, it is far too tempting sometimes for uh, people who haven't seen how things can play out to take a shortcut or to take a near-term win at the expense of doing what in your heart you know is right, and. Um, you know, I would hope that my children reflect this, but you know, the advice I have to people is never compromise your ethics. Um, stick to them like glue. I think the other um, the other important thing is that uh, there is no bright and shiny object. There is no um, you know overnight billionaire. There, it, it, I, I think our media shortchanges how. Uh, difficult it is to truly build something of value. And I think we gloss over the hard work and in our you know, instant gratification society, we like to think that um, the rewards are right there. And I think you have to think it through your own brain and say, is this uh, valuable? Is this something that I wanna pursue? And estimate the work for yourself of what it's gonna take because I just don't think there are easy wins. Um, I think people who try to chase those end up uh, getting very discouraged. And, um, you know, but, you know, it still is, can be can be wonderful and wonderfully gratifying. But I just stay away from the shiny objects.
0: Linda McLaughlin, thank you very much for being a guest today on lobby go High Impact Mindset podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: I really appreciate being asked. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for diving deep with us on another episode of Lehigh Love Ego High Impact Mindset. Join us every week as we discover the stories, strategies, and insights that will empower you to grow personally and professionally. Stay inspired and catch you in the next one.